room, I'm getting chills and goosebumps right now. Ta- literal goosebumps talking about it right now. Literal goosebumps because in competitive sports, like let's say basketball or other things, but when it comes to powerlifting, we know as far as the athletes, how hard each other work for that moment. So to be embraced by all the people that I was just competing with and to just realize what I did, like I didn't just do it for myself. Like I'm keep telling a lot of people, this lift just wasn't for me. This is bigger than just myself. Like that lets everyone else in the room, like, dang, you can do it too. Welcome to the future is female powerlifting. A show where women of all strengths can explore the world of female powerlifting. I am your host, Heidi Donnell, a 60 kilo powerlifting gym owner. And each episode, we bring you an inspiring interview or a message to help you unlock your true inner strength potential. Thanks for tuning in. Aloha, my beautiful friends, and welcome. We are on episode 69 with none other than the world record holder, Miss Tamara Walcott, better known as Dove or the plus size fit queen 4.0. I never got to ask her why it's 4.0, but I'm sure there is a backstory to that. Now, if y'all don't know, Dove got to pull an all-time world record at 636 at the showdown meet, and it was electrifying. Let me tell you, I was able to record a video, and I didn't get to record a lot of videos. Um, In fact, I had a handful of photos that people sent me, thankfully, but I was, it was the end. I was able to stand up, um, and the room was electrifying. Let me tell you, it was such a huge moment. And then to see her pull it, and then to pull it so fast, like in your mind, everybody was like, what the fuck? I'm sure she had more in her. Um, so anyways, it was an amazing thing to witness. Um, I always feel very grateful that I get to be able to do these kind of things um, and be around um, amazing lifters, very, very strong lifters, way stronger than me. And, uh, you know, it's nice to be around that so I can see that I'm always re-inspired. Today, Dove really talks about um, how she got to be where she was. And she's she just started competing in 2018. And so that's even more amazing. <laughs> you know, it's not like she's been trained in 10 years. Um, Dove really had a point where things just took off for her. And she really talks about her journey and how she's been able to get there with the guidance of her coach um, and how her family has been a huge part of this. Her children, she talks about it. We talk about her, her daughter going to homecoming right when we open this. Um, so stick around. You can hear about um, Dove, not only Dove's experience, but what she's gone through in order to get where she's at now. And this is just the beginning. You're new to the show and you like this episode, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, share it on Facebook, wherever you want to share it and tag me in it and I will repost it. I love uh, being able to show our um, guests when you guys are all, you know, you're listening and you're enjoying the content, you're enjoying um, and being inspired by these lifters because, you know, like I said, it's a small community. You know, you think it's bigger than it is. It really isn't. So hearing these things always re-inspires and re-motivates a lot of our our guests. And if you have a few minutes, please give us a five-star review or four-star, whatever you feel is appropriate uh, on Apple. Go ahead and find us and give us a review. It always helps to build the show for me to get better guests. And if you're looking to get some apparel, check out our link in the bio in our Instagram or visit thefuturesfemalepowerlifting.com um, and you can grab a few of our signature shirts, um, 
it's really cool. Dove was actually wearing some recently and it was, she was getting like some awards and it was really cool to see because really that is sort of the embodiment of the future is female powerlifting. This moment that Dove talked about, you know, it's bigger than her. It's, it's bigger than what we think it is. It is the starting point of what the potential can be. And it started a while ago and now we're just sort of seeing this more often. And, um, I'm so happy that I get to be a part of this process and being able to have these stories out to y'all. And of course, the show is brought to you by my gym core strength and performance where we live through strength. And if you're looking to train, if you need some guidance, if you need some help on your coaching, we do online and in person. Visit core256.com. Now let's get it started with Dove. I'm so excited you're with me today. I'm excited too. I was like, listen, text me before, because today's my daughter's um, homecoming, so <gasps> I know I'm like a crazy person. Oh, exciting. Uh, how old is she? She is 14. She just made 14, so she, this is her first year in high school. How do you feel about that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Let me walk the bus the first day of school, so she's that kid, where she's like, I was like, you want me to walk with you? And she's like, yeah, come on, mom. So she's not embarrassed of her mom. Oh, well. <laughs> Come on. It's you. I, you know, I always think this, like when I have friends who have, they're really cool or like certain celebrities, you know, like I'm like, you're, well, you're, of course they're not going to be embarrassed of you because you're cool. But there's so many that I guess still are. They're like, no, like you're still my mom. <laughs> yeah. I hope I'm like that with my kids. Like, um, like I still pick them up and drop them off. And, uh-huh. you know, I, I, I don't think that I'm embarrassing just yet unless I want to be, you know, where I'm yelling at them, like. The other day, I was dropping them off, and uh, I <laughs> rolled down the windows, and I yelled hella loud. I was like, I love you. And they're like, Ugh. God, mom. Yeah. yeah I'm not- but you know what? That's that's going to, when they grow up, how old are your kids? They're 12. Yeah. Okay. So she'll be, they'll be fine. Because when my, da- I did that to my daughter all the time. I do it to my son all the time. So they still give me hugs, and they're just, that's just my mom. Yeah. How old is, uh, <laughs> how old is your son? So he just turned nine. Okay. Yeah, his story was a little different. I was like, you want me to walk you to the bus? He's like, no, mom, I got this. I got this, mom. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big kid now. You know, I'm a big kid now. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I got, I have a six-year-old. She's going to be seven and, and the 12-year-olds are going to be 13. And uh, it's, 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 I have all girls. So no boys. There's no boys. You have to go back one more time. So that's what everybody said. I was like... I'm 40. Like, look, I'll end up with another girl anyway. <laughs> yes. Obviously, we have a track record of making oh, girls. Girl. And it, which is, you know, we love our girls. You know, they're amazing kids. But uh, it's, it was always that thing. And we're like, well, you want to have a boy too. But our our little one, she's, she is so much energy, kind of like what you would think of like stereotypical boy. boy. Yeah. You know, the older ones are more, um, they love to read and draw, play video games. They're not really into sports or anything like that. I'd say uh, they're a little more nerdy. Like they, okay. you know, and then the little one's like, I'm going to do soccer, volleyball. I'm going to weight lift like you. And I was showing her your video, you know, because I had recorded it. I was like, look at this. I go, this, this lady just pulled 636. She's like, wow, look at her earrings. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. These hoops are getting a lot of attention. <laughs> hey, listen. Even I talked about it. <laughs> I, I love hoops. I wear hoops all the time. But when I wear headphones, I, I can't, you know, so I had to take yeah. them off when I was commentating. But I was uh, telling um, I was telling um, 
Ivy that I almost wore my big old ghetto ass bamboo. That's, that's the one. <laughs> my LL Kuche, like sitting, you know. Make a statement. <laughs> yes. Yes. The ones you stick your yep. hands through. That's how, um, that's how you know they're big enough. <laughs> it's so crazy because the whole hoop thing came from on the platform for me, at least is red always wears her hoops too. That's so true. That's, our, that's just our thing. I love <laughs> it. Our superpower. So, so yeah. how does it how does it feel? This is how it goes, by the way. It just rolls okay. right into it. How, did, how are you feeling? Are you still on a high from everything? I am still on a high. On a high in a sense of, I even told my coach the other day, I was like, I didn't think it was such a big deal, coach. Like, it's so funny because every meet that I've ever went into, it's always me versus me. I never look at the competition. I never look at who's going to be there. I just want to go to beat my own numbers. Right. I always want to beat my own numbers. So when I pulled it and I saw the crowd go wild, and then that afternoon, SportsCenter and ESPN posted it, I was like, oh, my God. This- a big deal, huh? So I called him. I was like, Coach, like, he's like, Tamara, all time world record. You have only been lifting since 2018. And then I started bawling because I was like, I didn't even realize like what I just did. And so when I when you talk about high, every time I talk about it, I get emotional because I'm like, damn, I always used to tell myself, you're good enough. Like you are good enough. And I'm like, wow. So, yeah. Well, listen, you're more than good enough when it comes to strength, right? I mean, and I think that you've had such, um, to me, watching your journey, you know, and I only see it through social media, but watching your journey from somebody who probably initially started training, and correct me if I'm wrong, but to drop down in size, right, to not for health and other reasons like that, to sort of realizing that you can row four or five or whatever it was that you were rowing in that one video. Like, wow, talk about embracing, really embracing who you were as you changed into this person. And then it just became, you blossomed. Like, I feel like you just hearing that, like you didn't really look at who your competition is, you know, of course you're going to have competition there, but, but it's like you being the best you that you could be. I was watching your video of um, your benching. I think you're doing your, wasn't openers, but it was like prep towards showdown and, yes. uh, your spotter. I don't, that's not your coach though. The spotters like one of your, that's my boo. That's oh, that's love. your boo. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Listen, that's even better. Cause he was like, the other guy was coming, right? Was, what's funny. That's my brother, but he's never seen me lift. Okay. So, so he was so scared. <laughs> so I was just going to say, you could see that he was, he wasn't even in the, the video for those of you who are watching and I'll, I'll link it back after we finish in the comments, but he was off of, out of the video. He runs over because he sees you struggle. Right. But Joe man's like, nope. And he's just, she got it. She got it. And you, I mean, it was like struggling, but you, I mean, you got it. And he was like, hold on, racked it. And I thought, oh, that's pretty awesome. But that's. <laughs> It makes even more sense now because it's like, of course, he's going to know, right? Because he's with you all the time, probably training. He knows when you're struggling, when you're going to give out. (laughs) It's your brother's life. My sister's life. (laughs) It's going to be on her neck. (laughs) (laughs) I was really great to see. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about like why you even got into fitness. Were you doing fitness before? Like what really kind of pushed you into fitness? So this started from a i went through a divorce i got married had kids and i totally forgot about me i forgot about myself 
I poured into my marriage. I poured into my kids. And in high school, I always played sports. I threw shot put. I played volleyball. I played basketball. So I always was an athletic person. But I put on so much weight during my marriage because um, it was not a happy marriage. Mm-hmm. Um I got up to 415 pounds. I realized I was a food addict. Um, And then at the end of about 2015, I filed for divorce. Um, And then I just decided, you know what? I'm going to change my life. I started changing my life by eating differently, um, but I was too nervous to still walk into a gym. Um, Being 415 pounds, it was hard for me. I remember moments of my bra cutting into my skin, like actually cutting into my skin. And I said, enough is enough. I have to go. So walked into a gym around the end of 2017 and started dumbbell weight training. And I just fell in love, Um, fell in love with a a coach. His name was uh, Vinny Deruba. um, Deruba. He was the uh, like a fitness coach that I was working with at that time at the beginning of 2017. Um, I had to move out of uh, where I lived to another county, and I was like, okay, now I'm going to have to go to a gym by myself in a new county. I'm still, I was 350 pounds by the end of 2017, Um, and then I moved to where I live now, and I went to a gym, and I walked in, uncomfortable still, but there was a group of powerlifters just moving all this weight. And I kept looking for weeks at a time. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try to squat one day. I walked into a squat bar and I never walked out again. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Like I fell in love with the sport and it was something that I can control. So what I actually did, that kind of helped me. I cured one addiction with another addiction. Yeah. So I was able to replace eating with the need of wanting to work out and just being able to control all that weight for me gave me like, it was just so rewarding and I, I just never stopped. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So when you were uh, like training on your own, when you went to squat, were you following a program or you just decided to get under the bar and just try it out? I was looking around. I was looking around, got under the bar. I looked for the person who, one thing I, I'm really good at is I, 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 I can tell who's the best at what they do. Mm. I, I I knew what form should look like to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, I looked around for the guys that looked like they knew what they were doing. Um, and one thing you'll notice about me, my personality is very infectious. So once people get around me, they get to know me. Like, like the guys that were around me, like, you should come live with us. Like, I got that camaraderie. And that's when I kind of started to come back out of my shell. You know what I mean? Yeah. And become just knew that this is something that I can do. So yeah, I started with the squat bar. I put 225 pounds on there, did not hit depth. There's some, there's some videos, but I wasn't hitting depth, (laughs) but it just made me feel great. You know what I mean? Made me feel great. But the fact that you just put 225, like if anybody listening right now, like I would probably would have put a 25 pound, like a, a plate and that would be like is I don't know if I should be doing that but the fact that you put 225 and even tried to walk it out and tried to squat it like that's amazing uh, as it and is oh but they pumped me up now it, it wasn't a great squat because I still have the video but they just pumped me up and I eventually got there and that's where I met my coach too so my coach was one of those guys that I was looking at that looked like he knew what he was doing um and I actually didn't enlist him until 
a couple months after, because I was looking online for a coach. Um, I just wanted someone that just looked like they were strong. I wanted to be strong like them. And I remember reaching out to um, David Douglas. I don't know if you know him. Mm. Reached out to Douglas. Um, he is um, Lock It Out Barbell in California. And he's like, you know what, sis? I can take your money. He's like, but something about you you need a local coach. Get you someone that is there in your face. And that's how I ended up with Dan Fox. Oh, that's so crazy. And, you know, I've always said, I've had people who have approached me for online. And depending on where they're at, I was like, you know what? It would be best if you have somebody in person because there's so many nuances to seeing somebody in person, watching them live, struggle, that you just can't replace unless you're like there on video live every time they're training. You know, it's very hard to get that. Okay, so you asked David to be your coach. Was he like, all right, let's kind of see where you're at? Because I would probably be like, wow, okay, this is where you're at. <laughs> yeah. He really would follow my, like, he would let me send him some videos. Um, he said he would give me some some critiques and things of that nature. But he still said, you know what? Because at that point, I think I had, I'm a perfectionist. One thing I am is a perfectionist. So I always made sure that, I got better and better over time. So he was like, your form continuously is getting better. He's like, I could, again, take your money, but I think you need someone because you're still green. You need someone there with you yeah. that can guide you through this process, not over not over video. And so how did how was that for you? So what was training like in the beginning for you? Do you remember? Um, training in the beginning, oh my gosh, my coach is going to laugh when he hears this, but... One thing I struggled at that was not easy. Deadlifts came easy to me. Can you believe that? Deadlifts came. (laughs) You don't fucking say. (laughs) Fucking lift, like, listen. Um, But when it came to bench, struggled forever. It took me forever to hit 225. Like, I didn't hit 225 until, like, the end of, like, middle of 2018 or something. Um, It was a struggle. But squats. My coach is going to kill me for saying this, but he put me on the lowest box for months to learn depth. So I would have to squat to this box. And I was like, how long am I going to have to sit on this box, Dan? I'm tired of sitting on this box week over week. So my, 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 the beginning part of my training was just more about form and slowly getting stronger. I used to hate these 2.5 pound jumps week over week. And I'm like, only 2.5 pounds. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's funny is like some of our members complain the same thing. I was like, listen, 2.5 in the whole realm of percentage of how much you're lifting right now is, is enough. Like you're making progressions. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. Yeah. So that was the beginning stage. Yeah. So you're, that's funny because you probably weren't hitting depth. Right. So he's like, (laughs) he's like, all right, you're going to stay on this box till you hit depth. And so yeah. your first meet, let's see, your first meet actually was right in 2018. You you were mm-hmm. in USP, USAPL and I have it pulled up here. Um, and how, how did you feel about that? I mean, you had a, a thousand total, 1014 total, which is crazy because your total is 1584 now. Like who puts on 500 pounds, over 500 pounds? This is crazy, dude. Crazy. Um yeah, so you started off USAPL and you've been training ever since. It looks like you've done a few meets here and there, but you really haven't done like a ton of ton of meets. I think that's the perception that, you know, like, uh, for example, Jen Rotzinger, you know, she's done 53 meets. Really? 
53. She didn't even know that. I told her, oh, I counted all your meets when I was going through all everybody's information to talk about them. Just crazy. My goal is to do like two a year. Like I always want to get at least two a year, one at the beginning of the year, one at the end of the year. But back at my first meet, it felt really good. Like I didn't think I was going to go there. And he was like, you're going to hit a thousand pound total. One thing that my coach does really well is he definitely pours into me. Like when I post about you have always believed in me, it's like, it's almost like he believed in me enough until I started to finally believe in myself. Wow. Like he treated me like I was an all-time world record holder from the time I've been working with him. Like I, I get that. Like when he tells me you can do this, like I believe him. You know what I mean? I yeah. believe. I'm like, all right, I believe you. And and every time he says I'm gonna do something, I do it. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna stop fighting. So, but my first meet, I went there, brand new. I did one, and he's like, of course you're gonna pick the Rumble for your first meet, a big one tomorrow. <laughs> of course you would do that, <laughs> diva. Um, but went there, warmed up. My family was there for my first meet. There was a strongman competition going on on the other side of the the arena. It was just a good experience. It was just really, really fun um, to do. It was a fun meet. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) The Rumble, of course. Yeah, it's one of the biggest meets out there. (laughs) Uh But it's like, you know, I think we all kind of want to see where we're at. When you Mm -hmm. are kind of getting to that point, you're like, you know, I want to be on the big field. I want to see what other people are going to bring. And um, yeah, you, I think you have a, a sense of flair. I'm sure yes. people would say. <laughs> so right now for the showdown, when we had talked at the end of the showdown, you told me, which I thought was funny that I'm sure your coach was like, were you not doing all your accessories before? But you said that you made sure that you were doing all your accessories for this, for this meet. And Maybe you could talk a little bit about what accessories you think might help you and, you know, what made you want to do all the accessories this time and not the other time. So I cried a lot this prep. I made a lot of sacrifice this prep. And some of the things I sacrificed was not being able to go out with my friends as much as I would, um, not talking as much in the gym. Like I was tunnel vision, guys. I'm sorry. I can't talk to you guys about this because I have to do this. Um, so I sacrificed, um, a lot of sleep as well, this prep, which is not the greatest thing, but, and I had to be very regimented. Um, but trust me, my coach knew that I wasn't doing my accessories. Cause I, I tell him everything like, listen, I didn't, I did not finish that set and I did not do these accessories just so you know, and then he wouldn't adjust as I go, but I did every single accessories. I did all my leg extensions. I did all my hamstrings, um, I did all my um, abductor uh, work. I did lunges, which I absolutely hate. I don't think anybody loves lunges. I used to cry. Like, they look at me in the gym. I'm I'm cussing, okay? And I told my coach, I said, I know you put up with a lot. Like, I'm a whiner. When I don't want to do something, I'm like, coach, listen, I don't want to do this. He's like, you can do it tomorrow. You got this. And I was like, how does this man put up with me? (laughs) I complain so much <laughs> even his wife like i'm in a group chat with his wife too because she's on the team as well so and we've all become family and friends but um i i would just always be whining like i'm gonna do it but i'm not gonna like it i'm telling you right now coach <laughs> i'm gonna do it but i'm not enjoying this so lunges was one of the things i definitely had to do a lot of um spoto press too um 
at the end of my last competition or going into the current, I, I had a shoulder injury. So for the most of the current, I couldn't do a full bench press, like bring it all the way to my chest. Mm. I would have to do a lot of spoto work, but it definitely helped build my bench. Um, lat pull downs helped build my bench. Um, rows helped build my bench. Uh, so I did a lot of the accessories that I just took for granted. Face pulls helped build my bench. Um, I did every single one. So if I walked out of the gym at 11 o'clock at night and I should have walked out at 10, that's a sacrifice that I made. Um, to yeah, get it you, were, you were saying that you'd have to drop the kids off and it could be 830 at night. And that's when you were you were heading to the gym to do it. And I think that's something that sometimes we forget um, that people who are really determined, who are elite in their training have to do. You, you really um, have to say to yourself, like, OK, this is this is what I want to do. This is what I got to do in order to be take this next step. And it's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be what I want. Um, but I know that if this is my goal, I'm going to have to suck it up in these areas. Um, and I think that being real with that is very important. Like there are many times in my life now, I think that I don't do that because I'm like, you know, what? I did that already. <laughs> I, mm. I, I've eaten all the chicken and the asparagus and I've done the cardio on Thanksgiving and like, you know, all these things that I sacrificed and I knew then that I needed to do it. But now it's like, I'm very aware of like, all right, I'm willing to do X amount of stuff, but, and I know that's going to limit me, you know, and how mm. much better I could possibly be if I wasn't, but I, I, I'm okay with that. But I think mm. it's very clear to know like, okay, you, I was willing to do this. I was willing to however long that took, however daunting my nutrition was and my mobility and these things that I probably had to do to maintain your body. Um, that's super important. Yeah, I agree. Like even at lunchtime at work, cause I work at nine to five um, in corporate America, very demanding job. Um, I would sleep in my car on my lunch break. So this prep in order to get enough rest, because I know when I got home, it's, fixing dinner for the kids, checking homework, making sure they take their bath and gets to bed before I go to the gym. So it took a lot of, I had to be very systematic. I had to be very, um, everything had to have a schedule, this prep, and I stuck to that schedule. So I had to tell a lot of people, sorry, can't go to Cheesecake Factory because I got goals. Yeah, <laughs> totally, can't. totally worth it though, right? It's like, mm-hmm. and that that's where it paid off, you know, like I mean, yeah. it really paid off. So you train mostly at night. Yes. And so I how tra- is it competing in the morning? So I actually, how is it competing in the morning? It was fine. Okay. I actually tried one at one point to switch my schedule and train at like 5 a.m. in the morning, but moving the weights that I move at 5 a.m., was not working for me. So I did that for about a month. Um, I was, I was good and ready. My deload was perfect. Perfect. So I was ready to go when I walked in and I smelled those weights. It's something about the, the smell. I was ready. So training in the morning, um, competing in the morning, it, it didn't matter. It was game time. I was ready to go. That's awesome. Yeah. So walk us kind of through how your weigh in, you know, you know, after weigh-ins, like how that works up until the day that you compete. Is there anything you're doing differently for yourself? Are you, you know, any kind of mental things that you're trying to do? Are you checking in with the kids? Are you not checking in with the kids? Like personally, I probably wouldn't do that only because I would do it the day before and then check in at some point later because that can make me unfocused. But is there kind of walk us through what you did maybe on this meet in particular? So on my belts, 
my daughter is an artist and a lot of the um stickers that I had on my belts she created no way because uh, there was a ton on there and I yeah. thought they were so cute I but you know you could only see glimpses of it yeah so my kids are very much invested in me when it comes to this like it's not easy when it, it's like all right I gotta go train today and then you have to probably go with their dad to the movies versus with me mm-hmm. um they have come to an understanding like mom we know what you're doing is for something bigger. So anyway, on meet day, I definitely check in with my kids because I'm like, is mommy going to do this? And I'm like, Bryce, how's, how's my deadlift set up? And he does his little, he's like, how do you, he's like, ma, look how you set up your deadlift. He has it perfect. He's the only one that can steal it. <laughs> uh, but I definitely check in with them that morning. Um, I let them know that I won't be able to answer the phone, but I'll definitely be seeing any messages that they send through when I'm not on the, so I'm very much invested in the communication with my family when it comes to me. So, um, on, on meet day, uh, so I wake up in the morning, call them, check in, um, see their faces. I'm very much that person. Um, I told someone the other day, it's crazy when I'm squatting. Um, I definitely think of my kids a lot when I'm squatting, like, you got to get up, you got to pick this up for them. So I visualize a lot when I'm competing. I do a lot of visualization. Um, deadlifts is another very emotional lift for me because, uh, two years ago, my grandmother passed away and I was training for, no, it was, yeah, I was training for an upcoming meet and I had to go and hit openers two days after she passed away. She knew how lifting, she knew how important lifting was for me and she loved seeing me lift because she became immobile the last year before she passed and she would call me her human crane. I'd be able to pick her up and put her in the bed and put her in the chair and and she would always, like when she's like, I know I want Tammy to do it because (laughs) you're gonna drop me, I want Tammy to do it. So anyway, going back to deadlift, it's very emotional for me because Two days after she passed, I was a te- I always wanted to pull 495. And for months, I could not get it. And I pulled it two days after she passed. And I know that she was with me and how important that was. Because we used to talk about deadlifts all the time. And what you lifting today, tomorrow? And I was like, Grandma, I ain't lift 495 yet. I can't get it. And then I got it. So every time I deadlift, I think of her. Every time. Wow. I mean, imagine what she would think now yeah yeah i know it's like almost 200 pounds of more 636 i i don't even know like sometimes i think about the number and i was like i remember saying i'm never gonna lift 500 i'm never gonna lift 700 um 600 i'm never gonna lift 650 and those are the numbers i'm going for next so it's like you had some in the tank like who else? I mean, I don't think anybody thought like at, at the very end, you were like, I am not getting called for this red. And you like finished that lockout. I, I don't know if everybody could see in the video, but I know mm-hmm. that you were like, I'm going to hold on to this. Who holds on yeah. to 636 that long from one? Yeah. yeah, I held on because I had to look at the guy. I was like, are you going to say down? <laughs> it's like he was look. I don't know. Everybody did not see this. I saw it. He, the crowd was going wild. And so he was like this. <laughs> like, sir, down, <laughs> say down. <laughs> <laughs> that 
you know what? I, I feel like there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, they, they have their grandparents with them. Bama was somebody who promised, you know, that her, and, and that motivated her to be the best in the world, you know? And I think that family can have a strong tie into that. They can just pull us in the right directions and challenge us to be better in ways that we probably never even thought of, um, Mm -hmm. which is, it's so beautiful. So, when you so you knew you did you know you were gonna pull six thirty six? Yes, I knew I was gonna. So the goal for this meet was six fifty, but I don't know if you notice. It's like I'm so annoyed at myself for that first uh, five eighty five pull where I didn't wait for the down command because it went perfectly. Like yeah. I, I just didn't wait for the down command. But my coach wanted to make sure I got on the board, so he didn't want us to risk not pulling six thirty six. Although it flew. So I had to pull 585 twice, yeah. which was, I was kind of, but I listened to my coach. You know what I mean? He has never stared me wrong. I almost wanted to tell him, nah, just give me that 636 next. But I understood why this was a big thing. Like wanted to make sure I got on the board. Um, but I should have ended with 650, which I know I definitely would have ended with 650. Listen, so the next step is 675. Like if in your mind, 650, that's going to be second exactly. attempt. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I'm opening with over 600. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm like 636 yeah. is numero uno. <laughs> yeah. 650 is number two. You yeah. just had That's so much in you. And it, I mean, it's impressive to see that because you still looked fresh. You know, you still look like and everybody looked tired. You know, I mean, I, there's a few people who still look fresh and you were one of them. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then that's impressive because most time you're just exhausted by the time you get to that and the amount of weight that you're lifting at that point, you know, people only see the, the attempts, but you're talking about warmups and things like this, like, and that day went fast. I mean, it was fast. They were trying to take breaks, but still we were done much sooner, which means you're cramming that all in there uh, very quickly. Organized in the back though. It was real organized. Everyone was working in when they needed to work in. And I don't take long. Like my warmups don't take long. I warm up a plate at a time. Okay. I don't take small jumps anymore. And I don't do a lot of sets and to, to get to my top set to, to burn myself out. So I, before, um, I do a lot of like accessory work to warm myself up and then I warm up one plate at a, at a time, if that makes sense. Okay. So what are you doing? Like, uh, like goblet squats or so like, like for example, squatting. So you're going to do, what kind of accessories do you do to warm up to get to that? I warm up in a, in a squat in a gym. I would do leg extensions, some um, hamstring curl, um, curls, and I would do like five to 10 minutes on the bike to get warm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll do a lot of mobility work on the floor, rolling out, um, stretching prior to starting. So then I'm nice and warm. So I'm able to jump one plate at a time. So when it comes to squats, I warm up quick when it comes to deads and bench one plate at a time. Yeah. Well, and I can mm-hmm. see that when you're at the weight that you're at, you know, that's, it's reasonable. It's a reasonable jump. I think when people forget, like if you're squatting 300 pounds, you should not be throwing on plates like that as easily. But I like that. I like that you're warming up with. So, so meat day, what are you doing meat day? Did they have leg extension and hand curls? So, and all that? No, but I still do. I, I still rolled on the floor. I did some lunges prior to starting things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. So how did it feel? You put it down, you start. Okay. We cried. Me and Ivy were crying. <laughs> I was crying. Everyone was crying, right? So you saw my video of me, and I, you're the only one that I recorded because I was very like, 
worried that I would miss something verbally, you know? Oh, so I was like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not taking pictures. I'm not doing anything, but it was you, you were the last one. This was a fucking like amazing thing. So I was like, yeah. I'm getting this out. And of course I'm short. So I couldn't, <laughs> everybody's in front of me, but when you finished it, you turn around, you're crying to your coach. Me and Ivy are like, holy shit, that's freaking amazing. And then we start crying because we're just a bloody mess. And then John Oldham gives me a beer and I'm like, yes. <laughs> it was like for us in the crowd and you didn't see it, but it was like Garrett Fear was going off. Like everybody around us was like, holy shit, this was such a way to end a great meet, you know, and so, so much energy. Like, how did that feel for you? When you finished that and you started walking around and hugging everybody, which was amazing. It was surreal. It was so, it was the moment I can still feel like as you're talking about it, I can feel like the energy in that room. I'm getting chills and goosebumps right now. Talk, literal goosebumps. Yeah, like, <laughs> talking about it right now. Literal goosebumps because <laughs> the energy in that room. And I think that's what people don't realize in competitive sports like let's say basketball or other things but when it comes to powerlifting we know as far as the athletes how hard each other work for that moment so to be embraced by all the people that i was just competing with and to just realize what i did like i didn't just do it for myself like i keep telling a lot of people this lift just wasn't for me this is bigger than just myself this lets everybody else in there in this room know so that's what i felt like I did this. Holy crap. I did this amongst some of the people that I've been admiring for so long. Terry, Christy, Quadzilla, like some of the people that I have been wanting to be as good as like this just wasn't for me. Like that lets everyone else in the room like, dang, you can do it too. Yeah. And, and that's a perfect point because that's where we were saying, like, you remember when a 500 pound deadlift was like absurd or a five for, for a woman, right? It's like, it's not until you actually see it happen and it happened three times, you know, a, a, a 600 plus that you realize, Ooh. oh my gosh, that's possible. So imagine all the other women who are young women who are coming up, who identify with maybe you, you know, like mm -hmm. they're like, I look like her. I mean, I could, I like to lift weights too. Maybe that's mm. possible for me. So, yeah, I I, yeah. I totally felt the same way. Like what you did and a lot of what other women are doing, too, is really just opening that view of like this is what's possible for women in powerlifting. And mm -hmm. we're not stopping. Like right now, you're like, I'm going to fucking add 20 pounds on that. No problem. Yep, it's coming. Without <laughs> a doubt. Yeah, I, I, I totally, totally <laughs> believe that. Like it's it's pretty awesome to even think. But OK, so this is the part of the show. Where I like to ask, what the hell is wrong with you people? What the hell were you thinking? Where you look back at a time, maybe in powerlifting, and I feel like maybe you might have some funny stories for us, where you look back and think, what the fuck was I thinking doing that? Like, that was really dumb. And I have some great examples of people who do really dumb things, <laughs> really dumb things. But is there a time in your powerlifting career that, is there a time in your powerlifting career where you felt like, what the fuck was I doing doing that? Um, I don't know. What the fuck was I doing doing that? Let me see. Let me tell you. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I figured one out. So, you know, us girls out there have to make sure that 
we check ourselves properly and that you're doing the squat test with your pants prior to going to the gym Mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. So I wore these one pair of pants that I absolutely loved and adore, but I knew the seams were coming and the, the, the pants was at the end of its day. Okay. Tomorrow, I just let the pants go. But they were so cute. They were from Fabletics, and I had them for years. So I went to the gym one day, and it's funny because my boo now, he lived in Arizona. He came to visit, and it happened when he was here visiting. <laughs> we went to the gym, and I'm sitting. I get in the squat rack. I'm putting on my shoes. I squat, and my pants rips open. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have on underwear. Where did it rip at? In the booty. Oh. And your girl thing was banging. Dude, was so, he behind you? There must. Yeah. I wish I had a. Oh, he was behind you too. That's great. He had the towel on his neck, so he just put the towel like in my waist so it could hang down like butt flat. But yeah, so that's one of those things like, what were you thinking tomorrow? You knew that you should have just let those pants go. So they let themselves go. (laughs) (laughs) But the question is, did you keep going? I I did. I did. I put the towel there and we just kept going. We got out done. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't heard that one. (laughs) I haven't heard that one yet. That's going to be your first. (laughs) So that's that that happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if it was like a first date or you guys were just dating like in the very beginning. Did he laugh? What was his reaction? He laughed. He was like, you were saying you shouldn't wear these pants. (laughs) Listen to your instinct. (laughs) Trust it. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Dove. This has been fantastic. And thank you so much for joining me today. I think there's going to be a lot of women out there who are going to feel inspired by your story. If I, if you had to give some words of wisdom maybe another young black woman coming up who Mm -hmm. is learning to accept their body, learning to accept who they are, what would be something you'd tell them? Um, My mantra has always been love yourself. You are enough. And don't look around for, don't look around for validation. You are enough. Yeah. So just be true to yourself. (laughs) 